to the ether today is friday october 28th 2022 today on the ether episode three of roving with riona let's take a listen hello and welcome hello 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 i see people coming in to visit this is wonderful i'm going to give it just another minute or so and then we'll go ahead and get started i'm so happy you've come all right i hope everybody's having a lovely fall day Lovely, lovely fall day. It's beautiful here. A little bit of rain. The leaves are changing nicely. And it generally snows on Halloween where I live. So that's kind of exciting. Kind of exciting. So I have our first guest has arrived today. So I'm going to send her an invitation so she can join. Hello, hello. Hi, Joe. Hey, good morning. How are you? I'm so happy to talk to you. Hello, hello. I'm great. How are you doing? Doing well, just, uh, you know, getting ready for Halloween, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, and so um, I know that we've got another guest coming here shortly, but I thought that um, since one of our honored guests is here with us, we'll go ahead and get started. So hello. Hello, everyone. You are here with Rihanna Morgan. That's me. And this is the Roving with Rihanna show. And... Um, I just want to start out by saying welcome. I am so glad you're here and I'm glad you've come. Whether you're listening now or listening in the future, I'm happy we get to spend some time together. So for this show, open spots are always available. Friday's 2 p.m. Eastern, just like now. And so if you want to be a guest speaker, formal guest speaker, you can go ahead and just visit my um, profile on Twitter and visit my my link tree and there's a form there. You just go ahead and fill it out. It zooms it over to my email and then I contact you and we chat about what you would like to talk about. And we come up with some sort of formal idea for your portion of your guest feature. But everybody is welcome, artists, writers, musicians. And so I just really want creators, developers, everybody, you know, I just really want us to have a place where we can be together and talk about what's being exciting for us and what we're working on. And so let's see, update on my week. I started the week like I do every week as co-host of the Paige Dow Show with Epic Dylan and CD Vagabond. And I think CD might be joining us later. That's pretty exciting. And the epic the page dow show is mondays 3 p.m central and i've been doing a lot of research this week on publishing in web 3 for an article that i'm putting together and then i actually published just yesterday a spooky thrilling story that is part of an anthology for halloween with soul type so that is super duper exciting and i am Ready to jump in here, Joe, would you like to give us um, a little bit of introduction about you and what you've got going on? 
Sure, thanks. Um, I and congrats on publishing your work with Soul Type yesterday. We love Soul Type. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Um, so, uh, hi everybody. My name's Joe. Um, I started a company called Nifty Lit. Um, in addition to that, I'm a um, I'm a I'm a writer myself. Um, I was working in um, venture capital while I was finishing my MFA in creative writing. Um, and some of you may know the summer of 2021 was huge for the NFT world and Web3 in general. So I was learning as much as I could, uh, you know, as companies in my firm's portfolio were sort of pivoting towards Web3. And as an emerging writer myself, I was, I started studying blockchain. I was like, why are we not using this to publish writing? And so that's sort of the, um, how Nifty Lit came to be. And it's sort of at the, I like the, it's cliche, but I like to say it's sort of at the confluence of art and technology, which is where in my professional life and my artistic life, I've always sort of existed. Um, so Nifty Lit is the manifestation of that. Wow. Wow. I always learn so much about people. And and because I, you know, of course, I read and, and I'm part of your um gathering there and your discord and i always enjoy interacting with you but i always learn so much in these conversations i just wish that we could just everybody sit around get a glass of wine get a cup of coffee and we just talk for hours how fun would that be um would you mind do you want to jump in and tell us a little bit about your current project like you were talking about how you are a writer yourself and you can focus on being the writer or you can focus on where nifty lit is or both just tell us what you want to do about your current what you would like to tell us about your current work in progress sure yeah thanks um yeah i do so i i feel like i talk about nifty lit sort of all day long uh these days which is it's my passion and i love it but i'm uh, still very much a practicing writer. Um, I'm a big fan of the personal essay. That's sort of where my um, my heart is in terms of my own sort of creative nonfiction. But I have um, I have two sort of full length works that are in progress, and they're probably year long works. Um, one of them is uh, is more more or less a memoir. That's a compilation of uh, personal essays intertwined with more abstract prose based around the theme of water, um, which is really important to me. I grew up as an, as a swimmer. And then I was, a um, when I was in the Navy, I did a lot of diving. Um, and so water's always been really important to me. And then I have another autobiographical novel that's based on a, um, period of my life when I did an, uh, in exchange with the French, uh, military, with the French army. Um, and it's, it's autobiographical insofar as um, I'm a I'm I identify as a trans woman, and um, so during that period of my life, I was very repressed and hyper closeted. And um, the French military at the time was uh, I, I can't speak to how it is today. This is 15 years ago, but um, it was an extreme environment of extreme sort of toxic masculinity. So it's told from the vantage point of a closeted uh, trans person. Wow, that's very powerful. That's Thanks. very powerful. Yeah. Well, wonderful, wonderful. And and um, so those are the things that you are putting forth right now. Are you working on? Are you are you working on writing up anything current? Yeah. So um, I have 
the the memoir it's sort of the autobiographical novel has been revised a number of times and i'm sort of a like i'm i'm very sort of slow in my artistic process and then the memoir is probably closer to um to publication but i've been sort of lightly um, published, um, you know, in various sort of online literary outlets with some personal essays. And so I don't, you know, to tell you the truth, I don't really know sort of what my timeline is for, um, for sort of traditional publication, the traditional publication route. And I started Nifty Lit, um, earlier this year, and then we launched in the summer. And so I've just, I've sort of been swamped, um, with that as well. Yeah, I can't even imagine um, when I when I when I came back to Twitter. Um, I lived most of my life in, in as a writer in Facebook and and all of that, you know, in Web two. And so I'm transitioning from um, Web two to Web three. And when I came back to Twitter, um, of course, I was welcomed so much. Um, but it is so many things, so many things. And then, of course, with finding my online Web3 presence, I'm, you know, tossing around, should I do a Discord? Should I not do a Discord? And I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm going to go bananas if I try to do all of these different things. And I have I have a lot of irons in the fire. And <laughs> so I can't imagine. I can only imagine how much um, dedication and time and connection you are are putting towards this um, goal and and passion of yours. So I commend you so much. And always, anytime, just send me a note. Let me know if I can help or build or you know whatever it is. Because I I'm I am definitely a proponent of literature being present in the future. And so I'm so excited for that. Thank you. Yeah, I think um, something that's been sort of interesting is, um, you know, Nifty Lit as a, uh, we sort of have, we have a different model from a lot of the others in the space insofar as we are sort of very traditional in terms of literary magazines because we open for submissions and we curate. And um, it's been almost this like, um, almost one writer at a time, almost like being exposed to the world of Web3. And I almost see us as like, a, almost like a blockchain broker, for lack of a better term, because we get we get submissions, we're up to, I think, over 500 uh, manuscript submissions from writers. And the vast majority are not on Twitter. Um, they are very curious about what NFTs actually mean. And so we spend, that's probably my favorite part about Nifty Lit is like, I get to interact with so many great writers and artists um, that are sort of skeptical of Web3, to tell you the truth. But then after you talk to them and you like, you sort of introduce the power of Web3 for publishing, um, most of them, like 99% are like all in on it because it's just this sort of revolutionary thing. I definitely agree. I definitely agree with that sentiment because I've, I, I've been a writer for a very long time and all of the different writing groups that I'm in, a lot of them really are based in web too. But then I start talking about, you know, just this morning, I was like, I published something yesterday. And they're like, you did what? <laughs> you did what? What do you mean? You just sent something to a publisher last week. I know, I know. Like this is, I'm my, I've never written so much in my life and it's so exciting and so, so thrilling to be able to talk about web three publishing this new 
view on what publishing and literature and books and things like that can be in the future. So I'm just so excited about it. And I'm so excited to have you be part of the world that I am part of. Yeah, thanks. It's um, It's been really fun so far. I think we're, um, you know, we don't have like the biggest following. You've been on our Discord. There's not too many people on there. But I think that's also been sort of, um, it's been sort of fun to kind of go slow deliberately and sort of be able to have this like great amount of um, sort of interaction with writers. I think once we, you know, hopefully like Web3 publishing becomes this big thing because writers see the value in it. But I think I'm going to enjoy it while it lasts and I'm able to kind of take the time to um, to spend with our entire community. Yeah, no, I definitely hear that. I definitely hear that. And then so then a follow up question. What is what is your current goal right now? Like right where you are, what's this? What's as a publisher, um, as Nifty Lit? What is your current goal <clears throat> right now? And then what is your ultimate goal? Like what what's the long term? You know, if you could crystal ball it, what would it look like? Sure. Yeah, I think you know when we first started, like before we even had our like our magazine website launched, which we launched that that on I think June twenty seventh. So like of this year. So talk about like the worst possible time in the NFT market to like maybe launch an NFT project or company or whatever you want to call it. But um, before we, before we launched that, we had sort of a landing page up and we were getting, um, we were getting a lot of interest from people who wanted to know what we were developing from a technological standpoint, from like accelerators and venture capitalists and investors that were looking to maybe, you know, put some outside capital towards it. And we weren't, we're not doing that and we weren't ready for it at the time, but um, it was sort of like, well, I don't know if we are a tech company. Um, and, and after we launched, we sort of have discovered that we are very much a publishing company that leverages the blockchain, a literary magazine and publishing company that leverages blockchain technology and not the other way around. Um, and there are some players in the space that are the other way around. And so I think um, if I had to sort of crystal ball it, we have the the magazine going. We have this sort of great growing community of writers and artists. I think we've signed close to 100 writers and artists now, publishing agreements with them. And um, so we're, we're going to start, we sort of have a steady stream of that going on. I want to continue it. Um, and then the other sort of like short-term goal that we're, diligently working on is creating more user-friendly ways to actually buy the nfts because the the majority of proceeds from the nfts that we publish go back to the writers and so we're sort of built on this a hundred or a thousand fan theory that writers could actually earn a decent amount of money from short form literary content sort of in the same way that nfts revolutionize the art industry and continue to revolutionize the art industry. So um, user-friendly tech solutions for sort of consumer onboarding into the NFT realm is our short-term goal. And then I think long-term goal, um, you know, we're a team of three, uh, three sort of core people and we just brought on somebody to help with marketing. But I think, I think our long-term goal would be to, um, to sort of ramp up our, um, editorial capacity to be able to publish more writers 
um, because we're sort of limited right now in the amount that we can do per month. And we also do bespoke artwork with everything we publish. So that's, you know, that's a resource constraint too. Um, so it's difficult to scale. Um, and so my long-term goal would be to be able to like achieve solvency as a business and then scale up the magazine, publish in different genres like sci-fi and fantasy, um, and then full-length works as well, which we're working with some partners in the space to kind of navigate how we might do full-length works also. So that was my long-winded answer to your question. No, that sounds amazing. That sounds amazing. I like long-winded answers because there's so many things that that um, come out of it. And so, in fact, you were talking about partners in the space. And so that actually leads me to my next question. Who are you collaborating with? Are you collaborating with anyone? Are you wishing to collaborate with anyone, you know, professionally as a writer for you, yourself, Joe, or or um, Nifty Lit, the company, or or what are you guys thinking? Sure. Yeah. Um, as a writer myself, I'm sort of a firm believer in the, in the like editorial process. Um, and so I think I like my collaborations these days, like, you know, in grads in getting an MFA is, you know, a completely different environment because your writing is being workshopped and you're workshopping others writing. And that's sort of this great opportunity to have your writing critiqued by a large number of people. Um, and so I think like I sort of fall back on that when I'm thinking about publishing something. Um, I, I definitely have people close to me that I ask to read some of my material. Um, I think professionally for Nifty Lit, um, you know, I, th this is totally cliche and we say this in almost like every Twitter space that I dial into, but like a rising tide lifts all boats, right? And I'm, I'm currently sort of working on this more analytical um, uh, essay along the the hypothesis 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 or the theory is that i believe that it's only a matter of time before some of the bigger industry players actually they already have started to to bake in sort of blockchain technology into their digital publishing models and um i was at nft seattle and tom billiu said um you know you guys all sound like you're the, in the early days of the internet with hey have you heard of the https you know, protocol. And right. so this like web three probably won't be mass, you know, adopted by the masses until, until we don't have this sort of like shared lexicon that only people in the industry sort of understand. And so my fear is that there's, there's our, like the new players and the builders and all of these great builders doing amazing things, but there's these existing, you know, web two giants who could come in with their resources and their existing user bases and just sort of bake in the blockchain and dilute the value that it currently has for creators and for consumers. Um, and so I am sort of like, and I've, you know, I've talked to Dylan about this from PageDAO and Paco and I from SoulType talk pretty frequently and James from BookVolts and Margarita from Riedel, like we're all, we all talk and it's, it's like really fun. And I think it's all sort of like this, Hey, we need. We're all sort of in the same like effort of we're not we're not competing with each other. We're actually like competing with this sort of looming, um, this looming. I don't I don't I don't know. Threat's not the right word, but this sort of timeline of the big like the huge players in the media and content space coming in and just sort of like taking over the blockchain. Um, and so um, yeah, so I I sort of mentioned some of them like. Dylan and I talk all the time. Um, I was just, I was on the phone with 
Margarita yesterday from Riedel giving her some sort of feedback from us. Um, I think we're really sort of open to any sort of partnerships and collaborations because Nifty Lit, right now we we publish our um, our NFTs on OpenSea. Pretty soon we're going to have our own sort of marketplace direct from our website. Um, but that's not to say that we're tied to that. Like that's the beauty of the blockchain is we can go and put work on multiple marketplaces or blockchains or or what have you. Another long-winded answer. I'm sorry. I love talking about this stuff. <laughs> no, no. I I really am enjoy listening and I really um and so and I was smiling with the the research that I've been doing this week and previously um about all of the people that you mentioned and I was like, I know every single one of them. <laughs> yeah. I, Spoken with every single one of them. And so that gives me such hope and gives me such, um, I don't, motivation to be excited about what is going on and the future of publishing in Web3. And I do hear what you're saying about the big, uh, like conglomerate publishers. You know, I, my, my traditionally published work is housed with Simon and Schuster. And so I I hear you about that, but I also I also feel like that there are so many writers who cannot find their voice or cannot get their works in front of their readers um, because of the gatekeeping. Because of you know, it's just the part. It's just part of how it works in in Web two with the with the you find an agent and then the agent tries to find you a publisher and then the agent may say no and then the publisher may say no and and here it just seems like it's a quicker connection between the writer, the publishing, and then the reader, which is the most thrilling part of being a writer is being able to interact and connect with your readers. And so I, um, I'm still very so hopeful that all of these writers who we know and love will find a place and, and fill their, <laughs> fill their, um, bookcases, so to speak with, um, all of these written works and that readers will also come and enjoy, um, people who've published on the blockchain. Totally. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I'm super excited about that. Yeah, I think, um, you know, one of like the biggest, like one of my biggest motivations for starting Nifty Lit was I, I was working um, in venture capital and I lived the first 30 years of my life in the closet as a, you know, ostensibly male person and garnered the privilege that comes with that. And then I found myself you know, on the other side, I was medically transitioning genders. And I was in this sort of this industry that has so much gatekeeping and feeling frustrations with that, while trying to get my work out there and become a writer in the web two way, which is, you don't get paid for your short form content, you try to get published so that you may be an agent finds you or you're querying agents all day long. And it was sort of this extreme frustration with the idea or the notion that I would that I would always make more money like doing spreadsheets than I ever would for my writing, even though I believe and still firmly believe that writing has the propensity to like help a lot more people than, you know, whatever else I was doing. Um, and so um, I was like, I when I learned as much as I've like, I still don't, you know, qualify myself as an expert in blockchain by any means. But 
when I started learning about it, I was like, why, like, why are we not commodifying writing in this way? And I think there's this, like, on top of some of the things you mentioned, there's this, like, the digital ownership aspect of NFT books or NFT stories or, or what have you is like this, it's this new sort of engaging and in, more intimate relationship between writer and, and reader um, that has, I don't think has ever existed before. And most people maybe not, most people might not really understand that until they try it, until they own one of these like literary NFTs. But like, I found that with myself when I was getting into the space and started sort of collecting some NFT artwork and, and writing and that sort of thing. I was like, oh, this is like, this is a whole new level of connection with the creator that hasn't existed before. Right, right. No, I definitely agree. And I, and um, I'm really anxious to hear our next guest has popped on with us here. And I'm anxious to hear his thoughts about this as well. And so CD, thanks. Hello, hello. Hey, GM. Hello, Riona, GM, my friend. Nice, nice to be here with you guys. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, thank you. So, um, I'm just going to reset the room really quick. This is Roving with Rihanna, and we have some special guests with us today, uh, Joe from Nifty Lit, and we have C.D. Vagabond from Vagabond Magazine, who is also a co-host of mine with the Page Dow Show. So, C.D., do you want to start out with a little introduction for yourself? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a weirdo writer. And what I mean by that is like, I write all the time. I'm constantly composing and writing in my head. And there's, there's not much that doesn't give me inspiration in the world um, when I see it. But I'm the publisher of Vagabond Magazine. And the idea of Vagabond Magazine is that Web3 writers should write. And so the whole, the whole driving force has been trying to encourage people to write, to publish, to submit articles, and to share what this thing that we're all creating together, this Web3 vision is going to become. And you're there. And I see a few other people in the audience here who also have contributed. And, and hopefully, uh, hopefully everyone in the audience will contribute at some point. In fact, this morning, I'm a little late getting here because I actually got lost. And this month's or November's issue is all about stories inspired by PFPs. So these are stories that people have um, been inspired by, not just not PFPs, but NFTs. Um, so NFTs that they've gotten, that they've been inspired to write a story or they've written a story about it. And uh, I just got lost in the stories. I was editing and going through and doing formatting in the in the edition, which is going to be so fun. And I got lost in these stories. And then I looked at the time. I was like, oh, my God, I'm supposed to be over roving with Riona. So here I am. <laughs> So here you are. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for coming. And I am, I am so excited for this month. So this next month's issue of the Vagabond magazine. So I can, I cannot wait to see how that all turns out. And so then you've talked a little bit about your current project with Vagabond magazine. Do you have something that you're writing particularly yourself right now that you're working on? That's really fun. Yeah, there's a there's a couple things I'm working on that are really fun. I mean, first, uh, I'm sure you guys being writers, you all know about NaNoWriMo, uh, National Novel Writing Month in November. And I love this, uh, this event. Every month, the idea is just to encourage writers to sit down, write every day, and to write a novel, to write the novel that's in them, or at least one of them. 
So I'm in the process of planning for my NaNoWriMo novel, which is which is really fun. It's a historical fiction novel. It's about a guy, a historical guy called Hassan Isaba. He's a uh, He's historically known as the old man of the mountains. And what he was, was he was the leader of the Hashishans, which is where we get the word assassins. So he was this, this holy man that used marijuana and hashish to like drive these people into frenzies. And then he like ran this like reign of terror throughout the known world, basically like assassinating and using political assassination to, to get his policies and ideas in place. So I've taken the idea of him and combined it a little bit with a with a book that I wrote before uh, about a place called the Sultanate of Babub. And the idea is that Hassani Saba is a little bit world weary and exhausted. And so he's basically planning his own, like faking his death and his own sort of retirement in the seventh century and how he's going about that. So I always write with a little bit of a satirical uh, tone. And I tend to write about um, things that, that have relevance today, um, in a place that maybe isn't today. So, so I'm really excited about that. Now, but the other thing that I'm working on is, is also exciting. And this is this, that one I'm just planning at the moment. I'll start it on November 1st, but the one that I've been actively writing is, um, it's also a derivative of something that I've written before. I wrote a, uh, a book called Notes from Nowhere, which is where a guy steps 300 years into the future and he finds himself in like the socialist utopia in the Hawaiian islands called the, the Mutual Nations of Hawaii. Um, I know socialists scare some people, but it's a different kind of world. So the story that I'm working on now is called Dropping into the Texaco Nation. And it's about a different guy who drops 300 years into the future into a super country that is formed when Mexico and Central America merge with Texas and the states of the Southwest. And so he's finding finding a whole different thing there. And that is just, it's so exciting. I love this world building stuff. But anyway, I can I can talk a lot, but uh, but that's what I'm working on now. Two things that I'm very excited about. That sounds amazing. That sounds amazing. I'm so excited. I I um I really love hearing other people's ideas and other people's inspiration and what motivates other people to do what they do and and it's just it's one of my favorite parts about being a writer is connecting and interacting with other writers and artists and creatives and so I'm just I'm like sitting here I'm grinning <laughs> so big it's so fun. Me too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so then, of course, I mean, I don't want to jump ahead and make any sort of assumptions, but I'm thinking that when you get these these things that you're currently working on, that they'll show up somewhere in Web3. Is that what I is that correct? Yeah. You know, what I've done is like so just a little bit of backstory. Um, I've been involved in looking at blockchain and, and, you know, digital currency and decentralization and sort of like um, reclaiming our ability to like control our own world for for a long time and when i saw nfts the first time it didn't click right away but very quickly after i saw them which was in 2020 it, i it occurred to me that like oh my god this completely changes the game for writers so i started looking for a platform that i could publish my writing onto the blockchain create books nfts of my books and of my essays and articles and I didn't find anything like this was, you know, late 2020, early 2021. There, there was nothing. So I created a project to build that called Lit Ether. And the idea was I was going to build a literary version of Ether 
and again, this is this is early 2021 that this was born, and um, and I was going to like gather writers that were also interested in creating this sort of like new writer reality together, and we would we would do it. So I started searching everywhere. I found some writers. I had people that were interested, and then I met Page Dow guys. You know, Dylan Yay. and everybody from Page Dow, and Dylan and I just immediately. Like we got on a call and I was like, I was like, oh, I don't know. This guy's doing the same idea that I'm doing, you know, and I was, I'm so used, I've been in the startup world. So I'm so used to like meeting another founder and like having this sense of like, oh my God, this guy's going to totally steal my idea. He's going to be first to market. But I met with <laughs> Dylan and he's like sitting in Austin, drinking a beer. They just like, you know, they just finished work on the mentor and we're like, we chatted, you know, I cracked open a beer and we chatted for, you know, half hour, 40 minutes. And I was like, dude, I love this guy. And he was like, you know, this is a big space and there's lots of room in it. Maybe we should just combine our efforts and work together. And it was just like that. And so I was like, you know what, you guys are ahead of me. So I'm going to put Lit Ether on the back burner and let's focus on PageDAO because I love your vision. I love your inclusivity. And I love the like, the way that you're doing things. So Dylan and I became super fast friends. We actually met in person and hung out and um, and confirmed the fact that like, yep, we're we're definitely um, compadres. And uh, and also, uh, I should point out too that listening is um, another guy who I've met in person, which is Edward Carpenter. And Edward and I are both former Marines. We met at a lit event in LA and we're both sitting there drinking gin and tonics and like, you know, kind of hanging out at the corner of the room and meeting other writers. It was really fun. Every time that I've met the people uh, in this space in real life that I've become friends with online, every single time uh, I am just like, I meet them and, and it's just the same thing. It's really bridged a weird thing in my mind that, um, I mean, I'm, I'm going to ramble for just a second here, but my my undergraduate thesis was in something called electronic anthropology, which at the time, the the Anthropological Association of America said that wasn't an actual thing. But I said, yes, it is. You don't understand. So I wrote a, a thesis about how people were creating real world friendships that began in the electronic world. And it was all based on message boards and things, but it has been confirmed over and over again that these these relationships, they are real. I don't know. I'm rambling. No, I love it. I love it. And so I, I have been able to meet several people in real life that I have met online in the Web3 space. And I agree so much. And I know that when I get an opportunity to meet you and Dylan and Edward, and I'm just going to be like, yay, guys, <laughs> it's me. It's us. <laughs> this is wonderful. So no, I agree. And so I've actually invited, um, I'm, I'm thinking it's probably Dylan who's there with Paige Dow and then Edward to be speakers as well, because I'm really interested in, you know, their opinions, what they've got going on, what vision they're seeing for the space. And let's just talk about these things. You got it right, Rihanna. It is me. <laughs> hello, everyone. <laughs> hello, hello. So exciting. Hello, all. Um, Dylan, do you want to uh, take the first crack at it? Um, I guess I can. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can too if you want, though. Uh, no rush or anything. 
Um, I guess I just will. All right, whatever. <laughs> um, so, so my name is Dylan, and uh, CD's story is totally correct. And that that was just so much fun to hang out at South by and and kind of uh, kind of get to know you IRL, man. Because I, I don't know. I mean, there there's something about Web three that like really kind of attracts like copacetic minds you know um I, I feel like there's a lot of people who are really interested in things like freedom of speech and uh privacy and transparency that are all kind of you know um aligned around these common goals of just kind of trying to build a better world together you know Try, trying to make uh make amends for some of the things that have been wrong in the past and, and make things better you know kind of moving forward in the future and so it does like kind of allow for like these radical collaborations uh, between different people from different places to do different things. And, and you know, in history, I'm not sure um, that there's really a comparable moment just in, in terms of a network that is able to allow people to connect on the basis of shared interest, regardless of geography, um, with, with like sort of. I don't know. There, there's something deeper about like just the concept of alignment um, in Web three between different people's interests, um, and and so it, it's really just it, it's it it kind of boggles the mind to to some extent. But but I, I really do think that uh, we are on the cusp of being able to do some different stuff um, in terms of what is possible from like the standpoint of being a creative person and you know myself having come into the space in about 2020 um been kind of like shepherded in by like easy and crypto and uh you know cam hijazi is a good friend of mine he's the friend he's he's the ceo of scent um and so like kind of the place that i got the idea um for paged out to some extent was cam quite literally uh you know, their, their mission is to help creatives earn a living. And so PageDAO is just one subset of sort of that that ethos, I guess, if you will. Um, and, and so, yeah, absolutely. They get total credit for, you know, kind of inspiring everything that I've tried to do um, and everything they've tried to do with us. You know, so, so that's the reason that we have like this collaborative focus and, and all that good stuff. And I, I just want to, you know, take a minute and say, hey. You know, come down, join our Discord, pick up a membership NFT, support the DAO. We can work together to publish your work and, and build technology that makes it easier for writers to do better in all ways in the future. Yes, yes, that sounds amazing. I definitely agree. And I am definitely a member of PageDAO. And the article that I'm actually working on is going to be um, published through them. And so I'm super excited about that. And um, I really respect what they're doing and where they're going. And so, Edward, do you want to jump in, introduce yourself a little bit and talk about well, whatever you want to talk about, whether you want to discuss this or a current project or both? Rihanna, thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, I think I echo a lot of people when I say, uh, you know, this is a, a small Twitter space, but I'm, I'm seeing a lot of familiar names. And, uh, you know, Paige Dow was the uh, the second um, NFT that I ever bought the uh, the token that allows you to publish, um, but oddly enough, it's one of the few places I have yet to actually get around to publishing. Although Dylan, you'll probably be happy to know that uh, when I do, I have a philosophy book that's queued up uh, a bunch of essays from my year as a philosophy student at the, the University of Melbourne. Um, nice. and it was great, uh, great hearing uh, Joe talk about. Uh, her experience um, with MFAs. I just uh, graduated from one of a similar program myself. 
um, and the the workshopping uh, and and kind of reading a lot of other people's stuff and, and having them you know read your stuff. I think it's a really powerful thing. It's something that uh, over in Sitka world we've kind of tried to offer that as a um, a thing that writers can help um, do for each other. And I don't think we've quite got it off the ground yet, but. Um, uh, yeah, one of the things that really resonated with me and just listening to the conversation so far is just this idea that um, right now the space uh, is, I think, should be conceived as cooperative, vice-competitive. Um, I think like everybody, uh, I, I know Margarita and Julia over at Riedel and Karsten at Creatokia and Dylan at Page Dow and I've had the uh, the pleasure of, of getting to publish uh, with CD Vagabond um, and do some uh, some publishing, you know, self-publishing on OpenSea through their Lazy Mint process. Uh, my thing, I think I came to this space much like a lot of people. I had heard about NFTs a lot, um, thought they were, you know, very visually based. And at some point realized, wait a minute, um, this is art. I'm a, an author. That's a form of art. What is this going to do to the literary space? And so I just started researching and writing about it. Um, and now my, I think everybody has sort of a different niche. So some people like uh, Dylan and CD, they're kind of actually developing some of the underlying technology, um, like with the Minter and, you know, people um, in more corporate entities like, you know, Riedel and Creatokia, they're doing something similar. Uh, BookVolts has like a really good technological solution to the reading experience. Um, but my thing is like, okay, I'm I'm not that tech guy, uh, but I am a experimenter. And so I just want to see, okay, what is, so early on with Web2, uh, Amazon KDP kind of became the winning solution pretty early on. There was other uh, uh, platforms, you know, uh, the Apple platform, um, a few other EPUBs, Kobo and stuff, but but really we saw Amazon come to dominate the, you know, the um, self-publishing space. Uh, and the traditional markets were already kind of dominated by, you know, it was at then I think six and now it's down to four big players. Um, so right now with the Web3 space, we haven't yet seen that. So I just want to find out, okay, what, what works? Um, and it turns out that I think a lot of different things work for a lot of different things. Um, we've, I've been in a couple of groups now, uh, either listening to spaces or speaking in spaces, um, with, I think book IO and, and book Folds and, um, I think page Dow was in it and Riedel has been in it. Um, and I've so far managed to publish with, uh, book Folds and Riedel and I'm working on create Tokyo. And like I said, I have page Dow lined up. And now that I've seen nifty lit, I was following you guys on Twitter for a long time. Now I'm in your discord. And uh, you'll probably be seeing something unsubmittable shortly. Um, but just really to be able to find out, you know, what what works well, what works for different formats um, and uh, and being very platform agnostic. There's definitely some people who are, you know, they're very platform evangelist, uh, which is great. We need people like that. Um, but my goal is to kind of be one of the, the experimenters to see kind of what works and share what I learn with people. Um, and that's sort of where I am. So. Definitely, definitely. I you you said that so well, so well, and that's really one of the big goals of this space is bringing all of these minds together so that we can see. Oh, well, Edward, here's Nifty Lit introduction. Congratulations! <laughs> here's another option. Here's another thought. Um, just really to bring um, 
just to bring the the builders and the experimenters and the writers and the publishers and the artists and the developers and the creators together to to meet each other and and talk about what's inspiring them so this this is a, a huge win i am so excited about this thank you guys so much for for coming and being part of all of this with everybody and so let's see cd um, as one of our featured guests, is there anything else that you would like to bring to the table and chat about a little bit? Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, and this is uh, this is just kind of a fun one, but um, it's fun and it, it, it might be disturbing to some people, but I'll risk it with you guys as, as I kind of do with everybody. But, uh, you know, when I saw NFTs, I wanted to create a project. I really wanted to create a project. And, um, and so I created a project based on a, a weird web domain that I had, which was, I thought it was funny, which was baldjesus.com. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll create something with that. So I did that. And, and the idea was just that everybody can create art and everybody can, you know, can have a better life just by like, you know, following a few simple suggestions, you know, get outside, make art every day, walk every day. Um, stop doing bad things, start doing good things, help other people stop doing bad things and start doing good things. And you decide what all that is. So all of that came together. And then I wrote the uh, quote unquote, holy book for bald Jesusism, which is called the, the holy bidgeable. Um, and it's all kind of tongue in cheek. But currently, we're doing this thing called the Council of IAEA, which anyone that holds a bald Jesus Bible living edition NFT, which you can buy for about a dollar through readme books and page Dow. Um, anybody that holds that can get in there and rewrite the holy vigible because I didn't want this to be like a, a holy book written by me I wanted it to be like a book of a manual of life written by people that are living so that was the idea and uh, so it that's a that's a fun thing we have this council of IAEA going on right now anybody that owns a holy vigible can go in they can edit the Google document they can make changes to it we vote on it and it's a, it's a lot of fun. It's it's so weird to be doing that. And sometimes, like I said, I'm a little bit of a weirdo in terms of the way that I, I think and my mind works. Um, and some people have gotten really offended by it, including, including and this might crack you guys up. I, uh, I filed a trademark for bald Jesus. And I think that the, uh, the, the patent attorney that reviewed it was pretty seriously um, religious because it came back denied with a lot of weird quotes in it. Like, uh, this is not patentable. It's just our God, the son of God without hair. And <laughs> me, that was just, it was hilarious. So I'm, I'm fighting that right now to see if I can get the patent or the trademark for bald Jesus. But uh, I, I don't think that it's going to happen. But anyway, that's, that's the fun thing I'm working on right now, in addition to the other stuff. Oh my goodness. How exciting. How funny. <laughs> How funny that he's, that's interesting. Very interesting. So um, it's the time of the show where we want to, where I want to open it up for other people. So if you are in the audience and you would like to be, um, if you'd like to come up and say something, talk about a project that you're working on. If you're a reader, you want to talk about some things that you enjoy reading. Um, and so please just raise up your hand and I'll, I'll invite you up and we can just, um, continue continue on here and i see that uh dylan has his hand up so here dylan how about you take a shot at it hey totally um yeah i, I just want to say to everyone that this week um at the page DAO, um we, we have a number of talented devs that are working on a number of different things 
Um, and, and so we have two kind of focuses. So the first is the membership mentor on Matic. Uh, and basically what, what this means is you can actually go and if you have the N NFT membership for the page now that you can get from membership.nftbookbazaar.com, you can actually go and mint your work to the blockchain as a PDF that gets wrapped in this really nice viewer. Um, and, and this results in the creation of an NFT book. Um, so, so we do magazines this way. We do essays and collections and things like that. Um, and I've, I've seen everything from comic books to uh, philosophical treatises. I, I was the one that put the philosophy up there. But um, <laughs> anyway, so, so we're working on that. Uh, we, we've got a gentleman who is, uh, I, I believe, helping us refactor that. So that's really, really cool. And that's, that's good news because that means that um, things like Greg Fishbone's uh, Cryptoversal Bookstore may soon have uh, PageDAO enabled mentors that enable the assets to be created into that contract on Polygon. Um, also, uh, we're investigating with Flutter. Um, we have a new friend uh, who has his own project. I'm, I'm not sure how much of that I'm supposed to share right now, but um, he works a lot with AI and is, is doing some journaling stuff. And he builds front ends in a language called Flutter or a program called Flutter, I guess. And, and basically, uh, Flutter is really cool because it enables you to, as a dev, like address both the web aspect and the mobile aspect at the same time. Um, so it's a lot like React or something like that. Um, and it's just this really useful framework uh, that we're also looking at, you know, basically setting up with uh, with a contract to uh, do some some minting. Um, and, and so there's this bit of feedback we've been getting from almost all of our users, which is that it's too hard to get uh, Matic on Polygon to, to pick up a membership right now. And, and so we just want to say to everybody, we hear you. Uh, we're working on that. I, I think our Flutter app is potentially going to support more than just Polygon. Uh, for both uh, logging in with the membership and with minting. Um, and, and so basically the idea will be that you can log in on any chain you have a membership on, and then you can mint to any chain that we have uh, a contract on that you can deploy to. Uh, so, so we're looking at that. That doesn't solve all of the, the issues that we have uncovered over the past year with our way of publishing. Um, but it does solve a significant amount of kind of like the hardship that users have. And, and I think it's probably if we can get that knocked out, I, I think we will uh, potentially be able to raise a little bit of money and, and really get to work and, and go crazy. Uh, so so I'm, I'm stoked about everything that's going on right now. Um, got some bad news. Had a, had a bad day earlier this week, but uh, things are already uh, looking much, much better somehow. And I do uh, kind of want to also share a story because uh, at the biotech company I used to work at, um, the, the founder of that was also the founder of highbooks.com back in the day. And they raised like millions and millions of dollars. And, you know, uh, I, mean, I believe Apple's iBooks product actually descended from it. And, and so I, I do want to shout out to, to iBooks just in general and say, you know, uh, Kindle has a, a almost a monopoly on publishing. Uh, but when it comes to like the, the app that someone uses to, to read, um, there's a lot of inspiration to be taken from, from iBooks because it lets you open a PDF that you just happen to have. And, you know, it's, it's very open in, in a way that um, I believe the Amazon Kindle app sort of tries to be, but it's like very half-assed, you know, it's like you can email your PDF to like some email address and, you know, eventually that'll show up maybe if you're lucky and you do the dance right you know, to, uh, to your, 
you know, Kindle app so you can, you know, view it in the Kindle reader. Um, but, but I really think that we're about to enter like something of a renaissance for front end uh, software that allows people to view um, various different text-based files. And <laughs> I mean, that seems like a really strange thing to, to call a renaissance, but, but at the same time, I, I, I believe that allowing more people more access to publish and read each other's work um, is, is just going to be, is, is, it's what we need. You know, I mean, it's really what the industry needs at this point, if you ask me. Yes, yes. And I see Edward has his hand up. So you go ahead. Well, just to um, to yes and uh, that, um, I think that, again, f- from a agnostic um, outsider slash, you know, reader viewers perspective, um, one of the things that we really need to think about as we're um, developing the, the back end and the front end um, in this space is how um, these texts are going to appear when they are viewed in a two dimensional gallery like DECA or a three-dimensional gallery like OnCyber um, or OM. Um, because what I've seen uh, is really a lot of divergence in how that, that works out. So PageDAO, for example, um, their file format works really well in DECA, in the 2D environment, um, along with, uh, for example, Time Magazine um, and uh, Neil Strauss's book, which I think we're both using a Transient Labs um, template. Uh, so those work there, uh, but neither of them works when you put them up on the wall of, say, an on-cyber IO. There, then it just becomes a cover image. It just becomes a picture that you can't interact with. And then there's other formats that they don't even really work um, from a reader's perspective in, um, in places like DECA. Uh, so I think that while, yes, we d- definitely do need a reading experience that's, you know, in our the palm of our hand with our iPhone or Android or on a browser screen, um, we also need to think about how people, because, again, I'll, one of the things about the blockchain is supposedly this stuff sort of lives forever once we put it out there, unless we do something to, you know, burn it, get rid of it. You know, obviously, you can issue a, a new edition um, with new uh, potentiality. Um, and then also, you know, to what extent does our um our organic nft allow the integration of things like audio uh so from a development standpoint and and one of the things again the interesting thing because we're so early there is no standard at this point um and will we get towards a standard in terms of you know what's kind of uh the best blockchain um again Riedel has a, a good experience if you can get your matic to your unique Riedel wallet um but if you can't do that, you may be missing out on, on good books just because it's too hard to get to them. So those are just two thoughts that I would throw out there for the development developers in the crowd um, or those who interact with them is uh, is how can we make this accessible, both accessible for the reader to actually purchase it fairly easily um, or at least obtain it, even if it's free. Um, and then how do we make it available in uh, in the virtual domain? Um, that's just a thought that I had when I heard uh, Dylan's thoughts. Interesting. Interesting. Yes. Those are all good things. I do have a, I do have a, um, a couple of people who've raised, who are raising their hands. And so I, I of course want to want to invite them to chat with us a little bit. Eureka Brown, it looks like she's new here. I'm going to invite her up as a speaker, but then please feel free. Um, 
Joe and CD to jump in and, and chat. And um, Eureka, how about you? Tell us a little bit about what's going on with you really quick. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Forgive my voice. I'm like, I have bronchitis. But um, I was um, introduced to the NFT world by Sandy Mouse. And so I've written poems for a while. I mean, like I was trying to write a book of poems and then I got introduced to the Web 3.0 space through my friend Rachel. And for a while, for years, I just had this passion of like helping people like, you know, get free from expectation. And I wrote this poem. So last night I couldn't sleep. I mean, you know, they have me on prednisone, so like I can't sleep. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try this out. I'm going to see if I can create my poem into an NFT. So like my poems are really long. So I'm like, how can I do this? Right. So I'm like, all right. So I came up with this idea of like um, creating like a spoken word NFT like video. And um <laughs> yeah, so it's my first project and I'm just I'm excited to see where it's gonna go and I wanna thank you all for like, you know, welcoming me to welcome me to this space and yeah. Well thank you, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming in and sharing. And so um C D, do you wanna jump in or go? Yeah, I I just wanted to jump in real quick for a couple of things. Like uh first of all I wanna say that Edward produces a really amazing uh, newsletter that everybody who's interested in this space should be following. So if you give him a follow on Twitter and subscribe to his newsletter, you won't regret it. Uh, the other thing that's interesting is with what Eureka said, um, one of the devs for PageDAO, uh, Indefatigable, actually did a really amazing spoken word piece that he published as an NFT. And that's on README Books. And um, I think it's it's might be something to look at and just like get some inspiration from. And the thing is with README Books, you can always read them or experience them for free without owning them. So go check that out. It's uh, it's by Indefatigable. And I think you'll you'll find some cool inspiration there. And beyond that, I don't have much to say, except this is a great space. I'm really enjoying listening to what everybody has to say and ev what everybody's sharing. And Cheers for the innovators and the experimenters and those who share their work. Mahalo. Thank you. Thank you, CD. Okay. So, Joe, how about you jump in? Sure. Yeah. I, I think, let's see. Um, I was just going to mention also, like, sort of along the same lines of what CD was just talking about, and like, and Dylan and Edward and everybody is one of like the best parts about this space and being so nascent in it is that um we all know each other and we're all sort of working on different parts of the problem in different ways and so there's everybody has their own creative outlet and their own way of doing it and like what i love is like um i had a poet who has a large following that approached me about doing a project that was similar with like integrating spoken word and music and art into this whole thing. And I was like, well, I don't know. I don't know that like you want to do this, you know, with nifty lit. Um, but we're like, we will help you sort of like figure out what the best outlet and medium is for that. And like, we all know each other. So it's like, Hey, you should check this. You should check out Soul Type, or you should check out PageDAO because, like, it's so amazing to sort of have this like creator and writer and artist first mindset where we're not necessarily like 
we're in it for the the right reasons i think in making sure that people feel like their work is being um is being published in you know the ways that are most satisfying to them as a creator and their audiences yes definitely and it goes back to what we've all said together with the rising tides raise all boats and so that's just um so very true so very very true so edward i think you had your hand yeah i just want to toss out two things um first uh eureka i think that um i highly encourage you to bring your poetry to web3 i think that poetry is actually uniquely suited um for some of the ways that you can deploy nfts um especially if you it, it opens up collaboration too so if you find a, a nft artist that you love their art and you think i have a poem that matches their art or if you what i've done is i've given nft artists i like their art my stories and said do you want to create some if you read the story and you like it do you want to create something that resonates with you um that's and then the other thing is that because you can combine um, image and word and spoken word in theory all in the same thing because it could be an mp4 file it could literally be you doing a spoken word of your poetry um, could be the front piece um, but if you want to dm me um, there's a another poet that i'm kind of uh, working with in nairobi of all places um, and i think one of the things i think would be great to see is a, a poetry collection um, minted as an nft uh, there's all kinds of different ways to do it um, but if that's something you might be interested in, definitely reach out. Uh, but then again, on the technical side, and this is another thing that I think we really need in the community is it's very easy right now if I'm just, you know, the artist or the author to create and release an NFT where all the sales, if there's a sales price, go to me. Um, but what's really difficult right now is for me to create an NFT that says, okay, there's six poets and two artists and a promoter involved in this project. And I want us to each get one tenth of the revenue. Um, right now, that's very difficult to do. I don't think that there's a smart contract that really allows that. So again, as a community, I think that's something we really need to work for because I think in the visual arts, people tend to be very independent. You know, if, if you're Banksy, it's, it's just you Banksy. And if you're Beeple, it's just you Beeple. But if it's in, I'm in a situation where I have an interior illustrator, a cover artist and myself, and that's three people, I'd like to have a three way split and it'd be all automatic. Um, but right now, that's just really difficult to achieve based on the kind of smart contracts we have. So. And I see, Dylan, that you've got your hand up, but I do have something to say about this. I've been doing some research because I do have a literary NFT that's kind of hidden away secret that's being worked on that I don't really talk about too much because it's not ready for release. Um, but I was looking at Manifold, their contract um, creation process, but I don't know how well that would translate into something like with PageDAO or something with Nifty Lit or, you know, that kind of thing. And so that would be a question I would have for the developers. Right on. Yeah, that that's a solid question. And, and I, I think um, at the end of the day, the, the thing is that there are many, many possibilities so what we've done in the past is we've created the mask of Ganymede, which has like this really powerful contract and does a bunch of really cool stuff. And we can update that to also support other books. Um, and we're looking at like basically doing audio, 
ebook text and like print on demandable stuff, but, but it is quite a bit of work. And, and so, you know, it is best to like find a project and, and, and build towards something specific, um, for now kind of on that front, but like, we're, we're not opposed to like, you know, finding something and, and, and building something, uh, here. If, if there's like a, a thing as a, as a DAO that we would like to create and support here. Nice, nice. Well, guys, this is the most amazing session. (laughs) I've had a total blast and I have learned so much. And then once again, I am so honored to be counted among all of you, all all the brilliant people coming together to build um, this library of Alexandria, as Dylan always says, and to... um, I get uh, choked up. I'm Irish, so I cry at fun commercials. (laughs) But this is so touching to me, and I'm so very happy that we're all together and that we're all building this. And and as Joe mentioned earlier, rising tides raises all boats. And I'm so glad that I am part of the rising with all of you. And so we do need to to, um, come to a close this afternoon. And I just really wanted to to give another um, heartfelt um, thank you to all of you. I do want to make a little mention of Terra Spaces. They're the people that come together and uh, record this for us and present it out. And so then we can listen to it other places and they do an amazing job and they do it all by donation only. And so if you have a Twitter space where you would like it recorded and then saved in an archive um, and donation only there they are amazing and wonderful and so kind and and it's a one-man band and he does an amazing job so um one more time thank you all so so much for coming i've had a blast and if you want to be a featured guest on roving with rihanna just visit my twitter um place my twitter spot and look at my link tree and there's a there's a form there that you can just fill out and everybody's welcome let your friends know and and this show sort of guides itself as you saw today and we come up with some really rich beautiful things so thank you so much and may you have a wicked night Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was episode three of Roving with Riona, recorded on Friday, October 28th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support. They say rapping is the gateway, bringing home great pain. Checking that replay, sing along and we say nobody gives a fuck around my way. I make about three bucks for every thousand plays, so add it up and do the math on that. Financially speaking, why the fuck would anybody want to rap? But in this reality, the money comes from doing shows. But then where's the money go when you can't do the shows? I guess you could rap on Cameo. I've been asking all my friends fucking rap on the patio six feet motherfucker step the fuck back doing a little magic pulling rabbits out the rucksack not everybody's always in it for the money looking like another crooked sunday and i'm working monday so you know i ain't stressing left debating great methods amazed to play inception the base stay blessed see even with these huge sums of overall royalties huge sums of money that go to the record label per playback can seem insultingly small many rights holders are making around three quarters of a cent how to turn profit, their future.
future will always be in question. But for now, investors see enough potential to continue to fund pennies, 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 pennies. Another day, another lesson. Living in the eighth dimension might be worth a little mention. Living in the Great Depression, got a real regal feel. Reeling in another sucker fish, out to make a deal just to make a motherfucker wish. Ah shit, now you only got two left. You know what I wish? We didn't have any loose ends. You know what I miss? Listening to excuses. Now we're on the fence, like we forgot how to choose. That's what happens when people don't know what's true In the dark eating bullshit up like a mushroom In the lunchroom just trying to laugh it off Meanwhile foaming at the mouth like a rabid dog Like a fake mate and call at the zoo It's looking like the view is getting disappointed too I'm working on the new shit trying to produce it It's what I'm willing to go through when I'm making my music